And we are back into the show. Sorry for our absence, guys. We had a fantastic interview with 10,000 Toes and the amazing things that they're doing uh, around, all around the place, but particularly in the islands, um, supporting those with diabetes. But right now, we are into the second hour of our show. And before we go any further, we are going to have another clue for the quiz. Yes, we most certainly are. We are up to clue number four. And I'm, I'm particularly into this clue. Who am I? I have a good stew recipe. Wow, this guy can cook. Yeah. He probably had oh, you just the gave book. It that... It's a guy. Well, wow, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, he probably does he probably have, have the book. That's yeah. the prize, yeah. which is we're giving away an incredible fifty dollars cookbook called Earthy Canvas Vegan Cookbook. Definitely do not want to miss this. Mm-hmm. I've been like very tempted to lick the screen. That... <laughs> But I'm withholding because I don't want people to think I'm weird. Good, um, <laughs> good. No one could see you do it, only me. You could probably hear the slob. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do it into the Because <laughs> I knew that you'd hate it. <laughs> okay, stop. Okay, no, no, it's not just me. It's not just me, Monica. It's everyone else. I forget there's everyone else. <laughs> okay, give us a call. 04910 Four six 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 nine. I'll stop now. Zero eight four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you can tell us, um, who am I? I have a good stew recipe. Call or text. Mm-hmm. Mm. And if you answer the question correctly, if you know who this is, your name will go into the draw to yeah. win our vegan cookbook um, at the end of the week. So your name will be drawn out. If you answer every single quiz from this week correct, you can have the most potential amount of answers. Yeah, because we are really upping our prizes. That's right. This right. is Quality prices, We're up in man. The game, guys. Yeah, yeah. All right, no hey. more back catalogs of anything. Yeah, this is right. like hot stuff. Yeah, that's correct. Hey, let's get into some uh, text messages that you guys have sent. American Dream. I have. Uh, I have a hard time believing that, but it's great news. Wonderful to see the spirit of man raising up in spite of serious difficulties in the country. Hey, man. Amen. True. Uh, we well, we highlighted some difficulties in our uh, later news story. But yeah, Monica, I really wish uh, for your dream to come true. Oh, Love thanks, to read uh, your book whenever it is finished. I'm working on it. Oh, I nice. Am. Yeah. Actually traveling around Australia in a bus sounds pretty good. My mom just did that. Uh, she traveled around the entirety of Australia in six months. In She has a ute with a caravan on the back. And she was just like... Loving Independent it. woman. Yeah. It was her, her little dog Gigi, uh, and they would keep climbing hills and crossing so creeks cute. and everything with the caravan on the back. Yeah, just so- to clarify, like I, like I am working on the writing thing, but I have at the moment taken a pause, and mm. I'm working at Raymond Terrace Missions just because I needed some help for six months, mm. and so that's. I, I, I know I've been mentioning on here that I'm working there and people might be confused. So, yeah, so that's what's happening there. Don't be confused. I, I'll be back to my bus. <laughs> she's serving the law. Yeah. Just, and she's living in a bus. They just need a little bit of help, and so I'm just doing a bit of business management for uh-huh, them, uh-huh, just for uh-huh. a blink. Uh-huh. And that that's uh, the RTM New Start Juice Bar. Yeah, New Start Juice Bar and the Juice Bar. 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace. Yeah, and there's the, um, the church. I'm looking after the church a bit as well. But, yeah, come on come on down. That's awesome. Say hi. I'll be hey. there. Uh, let's have another text here. It says, removing Christian books from schools, the demons never sleep. Amen. Do you realize that without the power of the fake news and sick politicians, this could never happen? It's mm. not the person who hates the Bible that is the problem. It's those who take it up and build a case on a statement made by whoever, probably uh, one of their own to achieve their plan. Yeah. We don't have to defend the Bible as they all will be judged by it. And I, I think there is something to say. So that last text, I think the context is like, ultimately, yeah, people people will be 
judged by the things that the Bible yeah. say. Uh, we also have a responsibility as Christians to to teach, to be used by God, to enlighten people to what the Bible says. And but I I, I very much support what's being said here. It it, it, it reaches far beyond individuals, and there definitely is uh, agendas um, from people in high places to get rid of the Bible. Even though we saw an example of a guy who is you know. Um, trying to exploit uh, a law that's just been made in uh, Florida to get rid of the Bible. Um, ultimately, yeah, this is this is definitely taking place. Uh, we had a text message come in from Sky. She said, great interview. Thanks for sharing. Um, which is, it's fantastic information. It's awesome to know that people are working into a space previously untapped, helping those um, in need to overcome diabetes. Um, and we have one last text message here. It says, 10,000 toes, diabetes and amputation of toes in the islands every 20 minutes. That is sad and frightening. Praise the Lord for the health message. Why would you sell fresh food to buy processed food? The power of advertising today. What I found interesting is the amazing difference between those who eat healthy and those who don't in the islands. And mm. that's so true. Like the, you know, because most of them are subsistence farmers, like yeah. in this, in these situations. But then they, as the interview highlighted, they would sell their food that they would grow and usually eat for themselves to then buy like processed and sugary yeah, food that rubbish. would lead yeah. them then to, to get diabetes. And it's like, oh man. Have but you, have you been to the islands? Um, I've been to New Zealand. That's an island. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, I've I've never been to the islands. Before. I was surprised. I've been to Fiji and like Vanuatu and yeah. stuff, but like on holiday when I was like six. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I haven't been to like Samoa or like. I just I just Samoa think the Australian like thing that the islands is going to be like you know fresh fruit and you know homegrown stuff. But then you get then and you're absolutely astounded by how much processed food and mm. cake and sugar there is. It's really it's really not a surprise they're having an issue with their toes over mm. there. If you look at what's available to eat. But it's amazing to hear people are out there saving them. Amen. Getting it Amen. done. Um, and I think as it says here, praise the Lord for the health message. You know, we yeah. were interviewing Pam from 10,000 Toes. She is a Christian. She is motivated by God. Um, and by the things that are written in his word for us to know, um, to be a blessing to others. So fantastic work there. But hey, let's get into a Bible study. Let's do it. I'm, I'm so keen. Yeah. So let's open up to the book of Genesis. This is where we are spending the next... Well, we had we started in, you know, uh, this, the beginning this of is April. Where we should be spending a lifetime, Lawson. What? Our whole life in the in the Bible. In the Bible. In the Bible. Mm-hmm. We're going to speak. We're particularly, specifically in the book of Genesis. Now, where did we get up to last week, Monica? You remember? Did we, were we up in eleven? So we were in eleven. Skipping eleven because it's all like um, the begats. This person had that person. This, that person. We saw a lot of descendants. Oh, no, no, we did the we did the Tower of Babel in the start there. Yeah, and yeah. then from verse ten onwards, it's um, it's, it's genealogy, genealogies. Up oh until, yeah, we had a little up until who? <laughs> oh, we did. We're not going to talk about it. Uh, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to bring it. I don't want to bring it back. We're just talking about the dispersion. Well, the dispersion, uh, the yeah. diaspora uh, of people, the dispersion of people around the world. How would have that taken have taken place? Lawson and, and I have a point. And there's uh, there's a naturalistic view in which people migrated from that area naturally um, because they were. Linked they found the people that by, were by different language, with, yeah. um, and then there is this uh, supernatural supernatural version. version, which is that God plucked them up and plucked, plucked them, them up down. and placed them. And uh, this is the discussion that we're having after after air. And for me, I, I tend to sit in the supernatural camp, and I'm in the natural natural camp. Yeah. Ultimately, the Bible doesn't say. 
It's true. I wonder if Spirit Prophecy says. Yeah, well, you know, maybe, you know, if we can get onto some different commentators and theologians. Yeah. And, hey, do you know what? Text us and tell us what you think. Yeah, 0491064669 is the number to call. But then, who did the genealogies in Chapter 11 end with? They, who did ooh, we get Let up me cheat to? and have a quick look ahead. <laughs> um, the birth of Terah. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, and he was the father of Abram, Nahor, and ha- Harris. Yes. Uh, oh, that's right. We were hitting up Abram. We got to Abraham. Yeah. So right now, the book of Genesis takes a bit of a left turn. Um, it's continuing on with the story of humanity, but is specifically taking focus on a specific person. What is his name? Father Abraham. Well, he had many his name's Abraham, Abram many at this point. That's, that's right, that guy. <laughs> uh, so Abram um, or Abraham, that's going to be confusing. You know, When did that happen? How did that happen? Are we going to get to We're that? We're going to get there okay, eventually. Okay, okay. But he starts here as I'll Abram. Be he becomes Abraham. Mm-hmm. Um, but Abram is born. And up until this point, we've covered like a couple thousand years of human history within the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis. Yeah. And then from this point forward, it's going to be like 200 years. Oh, okay. Of human history. It slows right down. Like it slows right down because now we're getting into the story of basically how did Jesus come into the world? Oh, so it slows down and it zooms in. And it starts right here with a guy named Abraham. Now, there is a lot of story and a lot of history to cover from this point. It would be another 2,000 years before Mm. Jesus would come. But Abram is the beginning. He is that word Abram. It means father of many nations. Um, And we're going to be... Looking at Abraham, we are going to be studying into him and his life and particularly how he came out of Ur right here. But before we get into the words of Genesis chapter 12, let's go to the book of Hebrews. Oh, okay. Let's let's read about what the <clears throat> Bible says about Abram. Uh, let's read about how he is remembered. Do you think this guy, being the father of the entire, you know, Israelite and Jewish nation, You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Do you think this guy, being the father of the entirety of the Israelite and Jewish nation, do you think he was looked upon fairly? You know, do they? Do you think he was regarded as like a good dude by the by the Jews? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> in fact, in fact, to the point, to the point where Jesus compares himself to Abraham. He says. Before Abraham was, I am. So he says, like, I am the God of Abraham. Um, and at that statement, all of the Jews are like, that is who didn't believe him. Are like, that is such high blasphemy to compare yourself to Abraham, to say that you're the God of Abraham. You're the one that called Abraham out of her. Like the most, the single most important and sacred moment in the history of the world. Uh, from the Jewish perspective. And I could say it's, it is probably top five, um, in, in, for everyone. Um, to compare yourself to that, we're going to kill you. Oh, wow. Like that's, yeah, that's strong. They they loved this guy named Abraham. And now Paul in the book of Hebrews, this was a chapter that we covered uh, when we were studying through the book of Hebrews. Um, he talks about uh, Abraham here. Uh, do you want to read Hebrews chapter 11? And can you read for us verse 8? Hebrews 11. I wonder what happens in this one. <laughs> verse 8. Okay, here we go. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Okay. That's me and my bus sometimes. You're just just going. (laughs) Just following my nose. Just getting it done. Yeah. Yeah. This is a summary of Abraham's actions, particularly like in the 
the beginning of his life, but I think this is the summary of of everything that would you know, the most important things that would happen to Abraham. Now, what isn't mentioned here is the birth of his son, Isaac. What isn't mentioned here is, uh, you know, uh, what he would be, you know, what how he would deal with Isaac. That actually comes in the next verse where he puts a bit of a focus on Isaac and Jacob who were to come. But Abraham's initial action of faith, as uh, commented on in the book of Hebrews, is that that he went out. He was in a place. And God called him out. And he followed God. In faith. In faith. No clear vision of where he was going. Just That's right. Knew who he was following. Now, we read these verses at the end of last week, but I, I want us to, to refresh our minds. Look at the situation in which Abraham's in. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 12, mm-hmm. and we'll pick it up. We'll read the first three verses about this guy, Abraham. The Lord said had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Wow, what a promise. Can read verse 4 as well? So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. Okay, so you've got this guy. His name's Abram. He's 75 years old. Mm. So he's a guy that... He's is, a retiree. <laughs> he, is, he is advanced in age. Now, of course, we were dealing with Noah, and you know, uh, we've been in the antediluvian era where people lived to 900, 600 <laughs> years old, something like this. But God said during that time period, oh, I'm going to shorten the life of man to 120. And this is where we come to this guy, Abram, here. I wonder if this is where the phrase grey nomad comes from. Because he was grey. He would have been an old guy. And he went on a little nomadic journey. He was. He's the the OG grey nomad. The original grey nomad. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Because, you know, as he's being called here, he would be the founder and starter of a nomadic tribe that would uh, wander around for a little bit. (laughs) I think we just solved a history. We just, we just <laughs> cracked the case, Monica. But, uh, okay, so this guy, he's 75 at this period in time. You know, 75 is in Noah's era or in Adam's era. wasn't very old. But mm-hmm. in this guy's case, he's, he's advanced. Yeah. You know, he's he's up there in he's age. He's wise. He is mm-hmm. wise. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, he's been living where? In Haran. Haran? I don't even pronounce that correctly, but H-A-R-A-N. Yes, he's been living in Haran, and Haran uh, is a specific city. In it was like the most advanced metropolis back then at that time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was connected to a place called Ur of the Chaldees. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, now the Chaldees. Uh, this is basically ancient Mesopotamia, and more specifically, ancient Babylon. When we come down to King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian Empire, you know, around the 600 BCs, it's actually referred to as the Neo-Babylonian Empire. Okay. Because it was like a kind of reinstating of a, of a Babylonian Empire that had already existed. And that is this time, this period of time. The, the, this is the original Babylonian kind of era uh, in which, you know, the world at this time is actually quite old. 
uh, is they're living in a, an old and advanced society in Mesopotamia. Again, as you said, he lived in a metropolis, you know, a big city where we understand from looking at ruins and whatnot, they had fantastic knowledge, building ability, uh, you know, craftsmanship, all of these different things. Particularly, one of my favorite things is looking at uh, the buildings they built back then and they have, you know, big round stone pillars and all these different things. And you can actually see quite quick, clearly they had an understanding of things like pi, uh, thousands of years before Pythagoras was even born. Yeah, for a second, I thought about food and I was like, pi, yeah. <laughs> like pi, the number Pythagoras. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Like they had an understanding of these very advanced mathematical equations mm. and whatnot that they would have needed to, to draft up and architect these buildings that yeah. they actually went on to build. Um, this is like maybe a thousand years, uh, a thousand years, 1500 years before the, the Great Pyramids of Giza, like, we're talking about an incredibly, uh, like, this is a long time ago, but already by seeing the the ruins there, we get an un- idea and understanding that they were a really advanced society. In fact... It would have been a nice place to live. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been a fantastic place yeah. to live. You like, know, why in, would you leave? In, in the ancient world, yeah, totally. Right. Um, in You're fact... probably living in the best place there was at the time. That's right. Yeah. Um, and we could understand that Potentially, this guy is pretty well off. You know, mm. Abraham would live a life later down the track where he would be substantially well off. He would be, in One of fact, the richest man ever. Uh, yeah, among the richest men ever. You know, because he would, uh, as his tribe grew, um, he would, you know, gain a lot of possessions and whatnot um, from various kings and various people and whatever it may be. Um, but in its inception, in this calling, you know, this guy isn't like Bilbo Baggins. Um, you know, he's he's not... Well, actually, Bilbo Baggins is probably a bad example. He probably was close to Bilbo Baggins because, like, if you know the story of the Lord of the Rings, Bilbo Baggins was like an old dude. Let's say he's not Frodo Baggins. He's not like... Yeah. I don't want to talk too much about Lord of the Rings. But he's not like a young guy who's, you know, waiting for adventure, ready to lay down a legacy or whatever it may be. Like, mm. this guy is living in, you know... He's he's living in Newcastle City. He's living, you know, in in Mary uh, Marysville in Newcastle City, like not Marysville down in Victoria, but uh, in the in the city here in Newcastle. You have Maryville. It's like right on the water. It's all beautiful apartments. He's living in a beautiful apartment on the water. Like he's not literally doing this, but this is the this is how I try to understand it. You yeah. know, he's living, you know, in in Circular Quay in Sydney in one of yeah. the in one of the penthouse apartments. He's got a great view. He's living in the Northern Beaches. Yeah. You know, he's he's this guy's set. Yeah. He's lived a life. Yeah. Uh, now, we know that he doesn't have any offspring to his name. He has a wife named Sarah, and up until this point, she has never conceived. But this is the life in which Abraham's living. Yeah. He's living well, living in a great place, getting it done. Now, God comes to him, and he says a bunch of stuff that would have been very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes on to promise Abraham a lot of things. And what, what are those promises, Monica? Uh, he says that he is going to, let me find it here, Make him into a great nation. Mm-hmm. He's going to bless him, make him famous. Mm-hmm. He's going to make him a blessing to others. Mm-hmm. And he will bless those who bless him and curse those who treat him with contempt. And that all families on earth will be blessed through him. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to I'd love to have that promise, the Lord, especially the bit where like he promised that he will make him a blessing to others. Yes. That's nice. In like fact, that. like imagine if you were known as someone who was a blessing. To everyone on earth. Oh. Like that's that's what yeah. God says. Through you. That's like some Mother Teresa stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> but even like so Mother Teresa, 
we the whole world knows her for being a, a, a righteous and virtuous person. Yeah, because she's amazing. Sacrificing. Um, but even like her, how we refer to her is Mother Teresa of Calcutta, right? Mm-hmm. Because she was a nun that worked in, in a specific area in India and did fantastic work and inspired a lot of people and and blessed a lot of people. Uh, but what Abraham would do is on an even larger scale, much larger. L- like yeah. we're, we're like all global. He's going to bless every single. Family, family yeah. who has ever existed. Mm-hmm. Every single person that has ever existed is going to be blessed by the actions of Abraham. But first he has to leave the nice northern beaches and go out to the Simpson Desert. <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be seeing, you know, what is contained a little bit more in this promise and we're going to be seeing his actions uh, following it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Well, getting back into our Bible study, we kind of just jumped right down to the fact, okay, Abraham's old, living in a cool place, told he's going to bless the world and told to leave. But I want to just quickly look at what are some of the other blessings associated with Abraham here and some of the other blessings that God gives him to lead him to be a blessing to the whole world. So let's start uh, in verse 2 and make our way way through again. Okay, verse 2 says this, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who curse, sorry, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Mm, Okay, so we see here that God isn't giving him blessings that are vague. You know, God God blesses us all in in, in a general way. You know, he wants us to... um, Prosper mm-hmm. um, in in spirit. Uh, you know, we're not talking about prosperity gospel here. We're not talking, you know, God God's sole purpose. He doesn't just exist to make you rich. Uh, he exists to make you rich in faith um, and to save you. Like God, uh, yeah, blesses us in a bunch of different ways, but also very personally, God works in our lives. Um, but Abraham receives here a bunch of very specific blessings that would aid him and enable him to be able to fulfill his calling to being a blessing to the whole world. Now, what's That's a good point, it, yeah. Because he true. wasn't just making him famous for the sake of being a celebrity. Like, he, mm-hmm. his fame was used to glorify God. That's right. Yeah, and so was his wealth, and so was mm-hmm. the fact that he became the father of all nations. Yeah, Abraham wasn't famous so that he could, I don't know, like, release Feel a good about himself cool album or something. Yeah. You know, God isn't pumping up his popularity just so he can be rich, um, but so that through Abraham and his descendants, like, the whole world would be saved. Yeah. Um, uh, and one specific descendant named Jesus Christ. Now, what would be needed to achieve this? Uh, we worked our way through here. The first one, it says, I will make you a great nation. Mm. Uh, I will make you a great nation. Now, why is it uh, that do you think that Abraham would need to become a great nation to eventually bless the whole world? Is God creating his people through him? Well, fair enough, but we could all be God's people. I mean, not at that point. Why not? Because he hadn't sort of identified God's people, hadn't he? Well, this is an interesting point. Were there other people following God in the world at this time? Oh, I'm sure they were. There were. 100% there were because we see Abraham, the father of the faith, as we call him, and as the Bible calls him, we see Abraham pay tithe to a high priest uh, from Salem called Melchizedek who just shows up. Mm. That we know nothing about. Mm. Um, And we spent a considerable time when we studied the book of Hebrews – 
we spent a considerable amount of time looking into who Melchizedek is uh, and that God was working in the lives of people at that time. So there were people following God. It wasn't that there was no one following God. There were people following God. There were people weren't following God. I think by this point, the world had definitely secularized a little bit more. Um, he lives in Ur of the Chaldees. You know, we're talking about proto-Babylon, this, this kind of area in which they, you know, were very much pagan, uh, you know, worshipped idols and rocks and all different kinds trees of things, and stuff, trees yeah. and uh, whatnot. Uh, but by this point, you know, the world has spread out. People have ended up in different situations all over the place. And for many nations, they do not remember God. They do not follow God. And they're just not doing their thing. As we talked about last week, uh, we I'm sure that, yeah, at, at this point in time, you know, it's like, oh, we're people in China following God. We're people in Australia, New Zealand following God, and the islands, you know, whatever it may be. And the answer is, you know, most likely in a lot of places, no. Mm. Um, but in a lot of other places, yes, because we see a high priest from Salem named Melchizedek come and have an interaction with Abraham. So, yes, God was working in people's lives. But Abraham needs to become a, a great nation to bless the whole earth. And what does it mean for Abraham to bless the whole earth? I just want, I just want to, there to be clear association. How will Abraham bless the whole earth? I don't know. You don't know? I'm not sure what you're trying to get at. Abraham will, Just by being the father of them all? Well, no, Abraham will bless the whole earth because his direct descendant would be Jesus Christ. Oh, right. Yes, yes. of course. So Abraham's direct descendant would be Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So why would he need a great nation to be able to achieve that? I mean, he doesn't technically doesn't really, as long as, his, as long as his lineage continues down to the point when Jesus would be born through him. Mm-hmm. So, yes. If Jesus comes and lives and dies and no no one knows about it, uh, do you think that would affect uh, potentially the the plan of salvation? Yeah, I suppose because a lot of people were looking for his coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even like you know, the three wise men are like studying the sky, looking for stars and mm-hmm. stuff to herald his coming. That, yeah, a lot right. of people were hanging out for it. Interestingly, the three wise men uh, who were setting the sky, they, they weren't Jewish. Yeah, they weren't even from that nation. They weren't Jewish. but So a lot of people had heard about it through yes. the, the mass descendants of Abraham. Yes, yeah. yes. You are on point, Monica. Yeah. You are killing Thanks. it. You are coming to, to awesome conclusions. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> a great nation is needed from Abraham so that he would bring Jesus into the world, but also there would be a people representing God, yes, Mm -hmm. but also they would be representing the coming of the Messiah. Yeah. This is the point. Melchizedek is a high priest in Salem. Good for him. He's doing God's work. He's leading people to God. Um, You know, by this time, people already sacrificing to God. You know, uh, people were already following God in various different ways. But these people would be the direct heralds of the Messiah coming. They would, because the Messiah firstly would come through them, but their whole nation would be founded on the principle that through them a Messiah would eventually come. And we see that clearly, you know, we were studying the book of Deuteronomy a couple of quarters ago and we we're looking at, you know, all the different services in the sanctuary, all these things. All of those sanctuary services, yes, they were sacrificing at this time, but the sanctuary services that would come later as a result of the nation of Israel that comes from Abraham would all point to Jesus. Or everything at this time is like the reason that God would establish a great nation through Abraham is so that he could have a people that were responsible for heralding the coming of the Messiah. Everything they would do would represent 
his eventual coming. And so that's why he promises him a great nation. Uh, what's the next promise that he gives? He says he'll make his name great. Yeah, and um, and be a blessing to others. Yes, he'll make his name great and be a blessing to others. Do you think a great name and a blessing to others would be probably needed in uh, in Abraham's responsibility to oh, be the absolutely. person to herald the coming of Christ? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, we see that all of these blessings that Abraham received that ultimately lead him to be a blessing to the whole earth are for the express purpose, again, of creating a nation that will herald the coming of Christ. That was their purpose, and that was Abraham's purpose. That's who he was. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Monica, we want to give everyone a last attempt, a last try to get the answer correct. So work your way through the questions. Who am I? I kiss mum and dad goodbye. My last recorded words were... Only three times. I cross parted water. I have a good stew recipe. Kids called me bald head. There's five big clues. If you know which Bible character this is, give us a call. 0491 We'll reveal it after the next song. Mm. Well, right now it is time for question of the day. And Monica, what is our question of the day this morning? What does Exodus 18 verse 2 mean by... Moses had sent away his wife, Zipporah, and her two sons. Numbers 12 verse 1 also reveals he later married a nameless black woman from Cush. Did he leave his first family and remarry? Mm, Okay, interesting. So we have a number of references here, um, and we have a uh, number of of questions. But the big question is, um, okay, Moses married a woman named Zipporah. Did he or didn't he? Did he or did he not send her away? And then when it mentions this wife uh, later, this Cushite wife later in in the Bible, in the book of Numbers, um, was, you know, was, did he remarry? Did he have multiple wives? What's the deal? Okay, so um, I actually know the answer to this question um, because of an African girl who goes to my church. And she told me, she taught me that there's actually three different races in Africa. Okay. Uh, one of those races is the Kushite race mm-hmm. um, that come from. So in my Bible, uh, it, it mentions it here, that the verse Numbers 12 and verse 1. Um, in Numbers 12 and verse 1 in my Bible, uh, it says here, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman that he had married, uh, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Now, you might read Ethiopian. In other Bibles, it's Cushite. Um, my Bible is, I, I, I believe, using the Latin Vulgate uh, translation of that. And that is because Cushite is a race. Cushite is a race of people. Now, there was a land of Cushites, um, but Cush, Cushite and Ethiopian, they're like inter- interchangeable words. Ethiopia is the nation. Cush is the race of people that came from Ethiopia. So a Kushite could be from anywhere. Oh. A Kushite could be like, well, but they, they came originally from the Ethiopian area, but then they could be in any location. Okay. Now, we know that Moses married Zipporah in a place called Midian. And it's like, oh, but but Midian isn't where Ethiopia is or Kushite. Or, so, so is it a different woman? Uh, but then we just need to, to think about this. Okay, Kushite, uh, the, which is the original word that we see used here when we go back to the Hebrew. It's not, it's not, Ethi- it's not writing, oh, she came from Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Um, it uses the word Ethiopian, again, interchangeably with Kushite because Kushite was her race. She was a Kushite. Um, 
the Kushites were on one side of the Red Sea, uh, on the on the the left or the western side of the Red Sea. Midian is on the eastern side of the Red Sea. And so, essentially, um, the answer to this question, was this a different woman or the same woman? The answer is, it was the same woman. Um, it was a, Zipporah. This is our ultimate conclusion that scholars have made, uh, is that Zipporah was Cushite by race. Uh, she had, you know, with her family, you know, Jethro, her father, these kinds of people, um, migrated over to the land of Midian, um, had married you know, Moses came and married her. Uh, then we have the situation in Exodus 18 two, where Jethro, her father, gives her advice that she should part herself from Moses for a time, specifically because Moses had some big responsibilities. Um, and we actually see one of Moses' failings throughout his life is that he often failed to live up to being a good father. Mm. Uh, we see the story of when Zipporah forces him to circumcise their son at a teenage age, at a teenage age, because Mm. Moses hadn't done it yet, even though that was something he was supposed to do. Mm. And so we saw that Moses wasn't living up to his capabilities. They send Zipporah away. We then come to the story in numbers chapter 12 and verse one, um, where Miriam and Aaron are getting on Moses's case for marrying Zipporah and then sending her away. But then also the fact that, Oh, she's not one of our people. She's a foreigner. She's from somewhere else. Because up until this point, they had lots of issues with foreigners within the nation of Israel, you know, wanting to turn back, and go to Egypt. So, yeah, I hope that is the answer to the question, that it is the same woman and uh, he did not have multiple wives. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.